Hello and welcome to episode 71 of the Going Upstairs podcast from Opening Up Cricket. Usually this is where I would start to introduce whoever the guest is on the show, but today it's just me. First time in a little while, actually going back to last year. We've had a lot of guests in the meantime, which is fantastic to hear from uh, a range of different people. But this time round, I'm going to expand a little bit on something I wrote on the blog. Uh, maybe that people have read that. And if you don't want to listen to me talk for uh, a number of minutes, then please do go on to the the blog and, and check this one out on our website, openupcricket.com. I'm just going to speak a little bit about the lessons that I've learned from depression. And this is a funny old topic because... There is a temptation to to consider that I've completed it, that depression is something that solely lives in the past and I can just look on it as something that uh, I've experienced, but now I'm, I'm away from it. And it is the case that I last took antidepressant medication in 2018. So that is a significant amount of time, but I'm not able to predict that I'd never have uh, signs or symptoms or, or or experience of clinical depression again. Uh, so this is this is a reflection of where it is now, and of course it is my own perspective. This is not rules that can be applied to every single person, but there might be some things which, for those who have gone through it or know someone who's gone through it, they might just be some things that chime and and feel familiar. So. Like I said in the in the blog itself, with the passing of time, there's a temptation to avoid thinking about the illness and to just consider it as a part of your your past. As I say, and that's only natural because going through it is not a pleasant experience, to put it mildly. So it would be understandable to want to run as far as possible in the other direction. But given that it affected me for. 10, 11, possibly more years if I was to go back and and try and analyse when I first had the symptoms. Uh, it, it's something that's a, a big part of, of my life. And for anyone who's been through it and had multiple episodes, it does feel like it it's something which is a part of you. It might not define you, but certainly in some ways, when it's going on, to an extent it does because it affects every aspect of your life. So for me, I look back on that and I have some gratitude that I'm not experiencing it at the moment, experiencing it at the moment, and that I've got a set of tools and techniques that have thus far helped me. And this isn't about saying people should all go away and do what I have, because I've done lots wrong, continue to as well, and I'm sure will for the rest of my life. But there are things which I've picked up which work for me and it might just be that different perspective that might be useful for people. So some of the things that I have have picked up is that over those years, particularly I would say 2007 for me up to about 2015, I got used to it. It had different levels of severity it would be from the very worst that I've been through to milder symptoms. But I got used to it being there. And what that 
meant was my view of the world was just fundamentally bleak. It was the worst coming to mind first in, in, in any circumstances. So if I did well at something, whether that be work, personally, or even sport, the first thought would always be to try and diminish it. It would always be to try and think of the context and talk it down in my head. And that, depending on how I was, would would escalate quite quickly as well. And this became such an instinctive reaction to things that I became very used to it and had a view of myself that was was negative, but also the world around me and others, if I'm honest. So I'd find it really difficult to perhaps sustain relationships of all kinds because I'd be plagued with what I the doubt about myself and then also others as well and whether they liked me and get myself in knots about what the relationship was how real it was whether this person was just being nice to me to be polite or they were they, they really didn't like me and that undermines it so that led in a lot of ways to difficulties sort of committing to things making excuses to not be in places, pulling out at the last minute, behaving in ways that alienated people. And you get into a bit of a cycle of that. So those thoughts could be yeah, very intrusive, very negative. Um, and a lot of the time I would get used to the day to day being too much and certain days being too much. So Getting up, um, trying to do something, and then often then just going back to bed, um, giving up on the day, and then then that, then that of course leads you into this, or leads me sorry into this cycle of, of of not attaining anything, and then feeling like I'm not worthwhile, and then of course that circulates around your head without any out if you're just sort of lying in bed like that. Um, there wasn't really an availability for alternatives I couldn't see those and it is quite upsetting really to recall some of those passages missed opportunities um things that I overlooked because of the view of the world that I had and the the sort of the haze of those days as I look back uh for me I've spoken before and written before about the role that alcohol played in that it was definitely something where I felt that could be a time where I didn't have to be myself, where I could escape in terms of being being a character, being a centre of attention, being someone who actually was just desperate to, to, to get people to see that I wasn't a complete waste of time. Uh, but then the thoughts would come back even worse day after and the day after that and so on and, and create these cycles, I think, there. Now, though... I'm actually used to the cycles in another way. So positive things or not even always positive, sometimes just being comfortable with the neutral side of life and when things are just going along okay. Um, and I'm realising that there's things I can put in and, and pull out which are either good or bad. But yeah, hard to explain that one. But, but I hope that's... Uh, for some people, something that they can can recognise in what they've had an ex, as an experience. My other one, in terms of a lesson, was that 
it's you that gets better, but it needs someone else to help. And I put in this blog that, whether it was conscious or otherwise, I think I was always waiting for someone else to drag me out of those particularly uh, the low points. Um, I didn't feel I could do it because I didn't think I was capable of a great deal. So that didn't help. And I, a lot of the time I was looking and just hoping that someone might recognise what's going on. Someone might know something that I don't. Because certainly in those early days, the conversation in society was not present about your mental health or, or about what the nature of mental illness was. And it, it didn't come up as something in conversation. There wasn't the, the, uh, the, the sort of omnipresence of social media. So it was left for me to try and think about ways of getting through it, but not really knowing what it was about and hoping that someone out there might just be able to put their finger on it and, and recognise something in me. And of course, we all do lots of things to hide how we really are from people. So there's no blame on anyone for not spotting things. You just hope that in this day and age, someone might be able to go, actually, that just, this person doesn't seem quite right. Maybe they're, they are sort of reliant on whether it be alcohol, other things, whether their behaviour changes at certain times, whether they just don't seem quite right or quite happy. Um, so, yeah, what, what did help, though, eventually was, of course, myself. I walked that GP surgery. I then got the prescription from the chemist. I then took it. Um, I had uh, an appointment, my first appointment with a therapist. I started meditation and keeping a diary and of course later on I gave up alcohol now this now probably the most powerful lesson from the whole experience is that that fills me with quite a lot of pride and a sense of achievement that I spent so long waiting for someone else to do it for me when I did it slowly I can own that success and I would regard it as success doing things which helped me to get better from an illness which had been there for so long. But of course, at each stage, there was someone else there. There was, of course, the doctor, there was the therapist, there was people that I spoke to. There was even people that I've never actually met, but have been inspired by words that they've said or written. And people that I've swapped stories with either online or, or went when in conversation after an opening up session, which reminded me I was not alone in being affected by the illness and articulating some of the things that I've tried to do so far didn't feel so weird because these people might just understand a little bit of what I've um, I've been through. So my third lesson really is things I resisted, I now embrace. And by that, I mean... I would always have thought of myself as a extrovert and certainly a lot of my behaviour over the years would probably indicate that. But the more I thought about it and the more time I've had to just reflect and think about what works for me, the more I've realised that actually I do enjoy my own company and it's fine to do things on your own, to spend time where it's just you reading a book or watching the telly, whatever it is. Whereas whilst experiencing depression, that time alone was a problem. Um, I would quickly start ruminating and 
get into a spiral of negative thoughts. So wanted to be with other people, wanted to give myself that distraction to be able to tell myself that it was okay because I'm I'm in this company and and so on. And yeah, of course, this is important, connecting with the people, absolutely. But um, I was pushing and pushing away from that introverted side of my character, which now I really enjoy the opportunity to to to, to take some time to, for myself and to perhaps, on occasion, prioritise my own company over company that I know might not be necessarily the best for me. But that's come from quite a lot of time now thinking and being honest with myself and not having to have that ex- external reinforcement, which I was always looking for, for someone to almost confirm for me and say, yeah, you are, you are worthy. You are worth something because I couldn't feel that myself at the time. Whereas now if I'm sat on my own doing whatever mon- mundane or interesting task, I can just have that little bit of peace that actually I, I'm okay. Um, I'm not, the disaster that I I once thought that I was. Fourth one is the thing which we speak about a lot in Open Up Cricket, that mental health is a continuum. Um, I think we've stalled a little recently in terms of the awareness around mental health. A lot of discussion is out there. It seems to, to be largely restricted, though, to reminding people it's good to talk, that what's available for them if they need to talk about things and to not keep it to themselves. That's amazing. That wasn't out there uh, a number of years ago. Uh, Perhaps if it was, I might have found it easier to speak to someone about it. But we've not got too far past that. I would venture that a lot of people would still not be sure about what the signs and the symptoms of a decline in mental health are, whether in themselves or others. They would know that it can happen. We're well aware that mental illness exists and that it can affect people of all backgrounds. But how much knowledge is there about things to look out for in your mates? Rather than just saying, if you're struggling, speak to me. What about how can we notice the struggle earlier and it not be a crisis? It's how much permission we offer to to people. Um, By the time the symptoms of depression had really kicked in for me, the last thing I wanted to do was talk to someone about it. I had this belief no one would care, that I deserved it. Uh, I'd bought it on myself. All these things going around. So that I invitation to speak, if it was explicit for me, might not have been taken up. Probably wouldn't have been, if I'm honest, going back an, a number of years. So that reactive approach, I, I believe, is unsustainable. Um, full awareness of mental health. So when we say mental health awareness needs to be across that whole continuum. So not only understanding the signs and symptoms and where to get help, but what you can do to keep healthy. One of the most frightening things of experiencing depression was being in this rut and not being able to see how to get out of it. I remember thinking, I remember this thought so clearly that, I'd reached a slump and I cast my mind forward to when I'd be in my 40s and 50s and thought, do I have the energy to keep going through this again and again and again? 
what is going to be the point where I just break and I feel like it's not worth carrying on or that I can't carry on, that it's something which I'm almost being told the world is not for me. And that was because of having little to no understanding about what could help me get better. And that, yes, of course, those things are out there that I maybe because I live in a bubble on social media where I follow lots of accounts that have this kind of uh, this kind of information, I I feel, oh, it's it's out there for everyone. But it might not be if people don't follow those things, if people don't talk about that generally. So getting that out there about what we can do to stay healthy, uh, little things that work for different people. And meditation is not going to be for everyone, but it'd be great if people could know a bit more to give it a go. Um, keeping a diary might be a turn off for some people, but for others, knowing why that works and hearing who uses it might be really helpful. Getting more engaged with their exercise and doing some of the little things and knowing that actually the things that are great for cricket are great for your mental health as well. All of these things, I think, um, are the next step. And that continuum about the optimal at the top, the worst at the bottom, um, there's got to be something that we, we think about a lot more. And I've certainly thought about it a great deal and been able to work through things to say, right, what do I need to do more of? What do I need to do less of to help me manage my mood? Because although I haven't had the the, the worst of it since 20, 2018, it being the case that, of course, we all go through difficult times and we don't need a diagnosed disorder to be able to be needing to talk about it and to get some help or, or, or just some understanding from people that are around us or, or close to us. So the more we share about that continuum, of course, the better. Um, my next one, penultimate one, is it's not weak to speak. Of course, I'm going to say this. This phrase has been attached to open at cricket for years, probably approaching, if not already there, being cliched. But I think it is something that I'm going to continue to say because it does mean a great deal. Um, I'm sure anyone listening who's who's been able to really offload what they're, they're feeling at a tough time knows the power of that. Um, and what it doesn't mean is telling everyone about your feelings and emotions. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that we have to share openly and all the time everything. For some people, that might be an easier thing to do. That might be their, their ticket. Fantastic. But for myself, I'm a bit more selective. I, I think a lot of the time my instinct is to maybe try and try and solve or look at things myself and then maybe... Um, talk about it and um and, and that's fine as well but it's knowing that speaking about it is an option and it's one that's readily available and one that does help um and and that has got to be the, the key learning probably that i've had that at the very beginning all those things going around blockages to me speaking about how i feel now i'm as comfortable mentioning it as I am probably any other area of my life. And that's something I think proactively that we can all look at is not being um, ashamed of saying things are going well. What do we get all the time? How are you? Not bad. Okay. It feels awkward, really. It can do to say, really good, actually. Yeah, things are going well. It maybe seems a bit alien if we're British, where it's all understated. But that appreciation of our feelings 
and that word feelings can make people recoil owning them and saying yeah actually i feel good at the moment or not so good whatever it be but connecting with them and a little bit of a share with someone giving them the opportunity to say actually yeah at the moment things are pretty good i've just got a new job or i've just uh, got a fantastic new car or book this holiday whatever it is or i've just had a really nice cup of coffee whatever it is that, that keeps you ticking over sharing a little bit of that and if we sh- get used to sharing how we're feeling in the good and okay times that's some practice for when it is tougher when 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 we're struggling to to feel like we can knowing that there's that experience and that the other person will be prepared to to listen to what we have to say and of course as i finish the most important thing to remember and this is so true but often overlooked is that of course everyone is different my experience of what i've mentioned of it may be similar to yours it may be that you've had a similar thing where earlier on in your life you you had um, encounters with depression with the consequences of the illness but now actually yeah you feel like you you're in a much better place it may be that this is completely alien and you're listening out of interests and it 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 doesn't quite fit with with your frame of reference but that's fine everything that we speak about comes from a slightly different perspective things that you the listener deal with well I may find difficult, but there may be things that I think are okay, which you find difficult. And I mean, a big part for the long-term wellness has been for me trying to practice more acceptance of the world around. Um, this doesn't mean all the time thinking everything's great, but sometimes the acceptance can be a bit more dull. It can be just a recognition that there's things outside of your control and there to be let go. And I found one of the things that I kind of only learned relatively recently, even in the last year or two, is my temptation would always be to take on a lot of things to do, to be busy, to, I think, probably show myself and others that I'm capable and that I can do things. Now, that would lead to overwork and frustration and stress and then you know, snapping at people, getting angry, obsessing, ruminating and all these things. So for me... Some of that frustration would be in the fact that, well, I wanted to do this and other people don't. So now with a couple of other life experiences that have made me look at things differently, I'm working more and more on just moving away from that quick judgment that can always be very strong to just saying, okay, well, maybe I'll let this go. Maybe I'll think a little bit about why that person thinks differently to me. And I don't even need to know why, just to to accept that they do. So there's quite a few things there, lessons from depression from my perspective. I think overall, if I was to summarise it in one sentence, is that the key lesson for me is that I have the ability now to be able to look reflectively and learn from it. In the middle of experiencing this, I didn't feel like I had the opportunities to learn from it. I was making the same mistakes time and time again. I'm punishing myself for it. Whereas now I can look at things as lessons and get things wrong like we all do day in, day out. But rather than thinking of that as a final judgment on me, actually looking towards that being something which can help me grow and help me improve. 
And this course extends into cricket, the sport that we all love. Um, I've got no better at cricket uh, since I was whatever age. Uh, find it difficult, if, I, if I'm honest, and used to find that difficulty something which would be another thing to tell myself off about. Why are you bothering? Why are you spending any money on your subscription when you're so bad, etc., etc.? But now it's not so much about what I do in it. It's enjoying being part of the team. If I can contribute, great. Uh, I'm really just connecting with all those things around it, which I just could not have foreseen happening uh, years ago. So that's a really nice place to, to be in. I hope this has given people some food for thought, a little insight to just one person's experience um, of depression and the lessons that have been learned from it. If you like this episode and indeed any others, uh, give it a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get it. Leave a comment, uh, anything like that. That would be great. But for now, wishing you all the best. Cheers.